Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. So glad you stopped by. We hope that as you listen to today's sermon, the Holy Spirit through his word will refill you, recharge you, and equip you for the rest of your journey with him. Listen to today's sermon. We have to praise him. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you this morning that your presence has taken full control of events here. We want to thank you this morning for watching over all of us last night and giving us a breath of life again to do your bidding, not our bidding. We thank you and ask that Holy Spirit come and have your way in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I thank you for this opportunity and I thank you for this song, Gloria. It's my song because my most favorite song because I was for 25 years gravitating towards atheism. One of those radicals on the campus of University of Ghana, Marxist-oriented, never believed in the Word of God, although I was a strong Sunday school boy. I've given this testimony before. And I'm a testimony of grace. You talked about the Word of God. You talked about Christ only the other time, the pillars. And you talked about grace last week. I'm a testimony of grace. Somebody was saved at the point of death through prayers, but didn't believe in the prayer that was being offered. That is why I'm a testimony of grace. God gave me a chance, 1994. And my life has never been the same when I took to the word of God. You've heard the five pillars. Now I was just asking, why me? When Matthew said, you're going to speak on faith. I'm somebody who doubted the word of God, though... I was a strong Sunday school boy from 68 to 78 when I graduated. I put the word of God aside. Never want to believe anything. Even when I was on my hospital bed in Legon Hospital, 1977, the book I was reading was Why I'm Not a Christian by Bertrand Russell, an atheist. That is where I went, but by the grace of this favorite song. And the grace that you talk about, when you talk about the grace, I was emotional, I was in tears. The grace has been extended to me, and it's been extended to everyone today. God has got a sense of humor. That's why I will have to talk on faith when Matthew told me. That's a sense of humor. Somebody who doubted everything. But what you're going to hear is, what faith is not? I'll just try. Faith occurs in the Bible several times. What's the source of faith? Who are you? Do you know who you are? Faith and fear, faith and grace, faith as a spiritual weapon. Faith and the word. Faith trials and temptations. And are you walking in faith? You say walk in the spirit, faith and walking in faith and fellowship. Now, who are you? Most of us don't know. I just saw the song. They said, hell, 
of the kingdom, isn't it? Co-heir with Christ. And the Bible says that God, <coughs> excuse me, God made us a little lower than the angels. And we have ministering angels around us, isn't it? So Christians are very, very privileged and blessed. Because I've been in transcendental meditation for about 16 years. I've seen levitation. I've seen people doing astral traveling. Some of us getting out of the body. Your soul gets out of the body. Those are dangerous practices in the Oriental. We thought that was the way. What you said is the way. The truth and the life, isn't it? Now, what faith is not? I thought faith was not necessary because when we're in Oriental, we, do, we used to do what we call auto-suggestion. You take an idea and ingest the idea and move with it. I took quotations and I took the ideas and took practical steps to move on. We talk about positive thinking, read books of positive thinking, visualization. You develop willpower. Third eye, those people who read about Lord Sam Rampai and those people. Sixth sense, you believe in yourself. Self, self, there's no God in it. Because I see in the Oriental, I said, we approach cosmic consciousness. You talk directly to God without Jesus Christ. I thought I was a free thinker. I didn't want to hear about Jesus. But faith, you hear songs, give me the wings of faith to rise. When I came to Christ, I saw that there are many unbelievers in the church than outside there. Those who don't believe in the word of God, you are an unbeliever. You're not different from somebody who has not stepped in the church. You don't believe in the word of God. And you don't believe it's active. We say, well, I walk by faith. That I walk by faith, not by sight. When it comes to the practicals of activating the word, what happens? Now the Bible defines this. The faith as confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Those days I used to question, if you don't see somebody, how can you put your trust in that person? You don't see God. I was a student of philosophy. So we do the argument, ontological and those arguments, existence of God, able to prove that it doesn't exist. I was so excited. Intellectual nonsense. So, we said seeing is believing. But the faith is believing is seeing. If you believe, you will see. That is what walk by sight means, isn't it? Walk by faith, but not by sight means. Now, what is the faith? The flip side is faith and fear. Why do you want to fear? Faith occurs in the Bible about 486 times in the New International Version, NIV. And then the fear is the flip side. If you don't have faith, you fear. And that occurs about 365 <laughs> times in the Bible. Do not be afraid. About that time, several times. And that's the manual, that's the compass. False evidence appearing real, that is fear. I can see a lot of Christians putting a lot of fear in themselves. That they don't give hope to the outside world. Now I had uh, uh, read something about a young guy in a plane, 
And you know the turbulence in the plane sometimes is terrible. You can't, and you see people speaking in all top of tongues. I saw some, some, some things before. That is life and death. You see that, yeah, today will be your last day. And I was a pastor. I said, this was written by a pastor, one of these blogs. He said, there was a young guy who was just playing with a, you know, tablet. And our pastor, the turbulence was said that he was afraid. Although the Bible says, don't be afraid. So I wanted to stabilize as a young guy. Oh, were you not scared? He said, no. He said, why? My father is a pilot. My father is a pilot. Who is your father? Who is, what is the concept of your father? What is the size of Jesus Christ in your church? What is the size of father? Your concept of the father, that is what will increase your faith. When you think of God, do you put him in a container? Who is that God? And you, yourself, you know that you are a hair. You are lower than, a little lower than, and then you have a God. Oh, I tell you, Christians must do more for the outside world to see what great power God has. Then I will come to faith and grace. What is the grace about? Grace. You talk about grace? He said, nobody deserves it, but Ephesians 2, 8, he says, salvation through faith. At this, it just comes by grace. You don't make not of your works and not of whatever your deeds or whatever. But it's because of God's faithfulness. And that faithfulness is the grace. 2 Timothy 2, 11 said, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. There comes a time you become so fearful, but he remains steady. Why? Because he's faithful. We are unfaithful, isn't it? Where is your lo loyalty? To God? Do you believe in him? What size? What size is God? Now, we talk about the size of the mustard seed. Most people talk about faith. They say, when your faith is like the mustard seed. Most people haven't seen it before. This is a small spices. The women know. This grows out to be a big tree. He said, if your faith is just like this, it will move mountains. Isn't it? It's grace. If your faith is just, you can't hold it. Maybe after, somebody should try to hold it. And the Bible says, a little east raises the door when it is heated. Be strong. And God's grace to you. I'm basking in the grace. Whatever befalls me, I'll bask in the grace. And the faith, who is it for? It's for everyone. It's for you. Because it says in Romans 12, 3, God has given every believer the measure of faith. That's the word of God. And he said, just add the fruit of the Spirit from 2 Peter 1, 3 to 11. That Add to your faith, goodness, self-control, love, and godliness so that you can grow. Just cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 23. You have everything in the Bible. It's a manual that I put aside. It's a moral compass. It's an intellectual compass. It is what the whole world is about. It's the foundation. Now, faith in the Word of God. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing the message. 
And it's a message, it's heard through the word about Christ. In the beginning was a word, which we call this, when we're in Sunday school, the word of God, and you know that it's about Christ. The word became flesh. Okay, now, what is the word of God to you? Are you able to speak the word of God? Eat the word and speak the word for it to take effect. When we're in the meditation test, or people, you speak the practices of the word, the Hindu Bible that we were memorizing, Bhagavad Gita, and so on. They believe in it. You believe in the word that if you speak it, it takes effect. Have you spoken it to yourself? The war, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And you say you are needy. Is that God's word? Is it not true? <laughs> it is true. So Bible study. Do we study the Bible constantly? Do we have Bible studies? The apostles back Acts 2.42, he said, apostles teaching, prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. Breaking of bread, isn't it? It wasn't about money. They weren't talking about money. They were talking about the word of God. And they were sharing their possessions. And if you look at Psalm 119 verse 105, he said the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you remember, those who are too old enough, I'm 65 plus. Those who are old enough, you saw the lamp, a small lamp, when you didn't have electricity. Small lamp, you will be in charge, you put it, you hold it, it's the first step, you won't miss it, and you see the torchlight, gives you direction. So that reminds me when I take this verse. So you won't miss your providential way when you take the word of God. Because it gives, it, it's, it zooms just like you are on the highway and you have the light, isn't it? Yes, you see far. Without the word, you can't see far. That's the word of God and faith. It can increase your faith. It can bolster your faith. You can stand any situation if you buy the word of God. You internalize it. Just like we did in the what you people were call, call occult. You can't do what they do. You should do better. Take the word of God and speak it in every situation. Now when we talk about faith, spiritual gifts, the weapon of warfare. It's a spiritual gift. It's a gift of faith. In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12. Nine gifts of the Spirit. One of the power gifts is gift of faith. 1 Corinthians 12, 9. So you have a gift. Already he said everybody is given a measure. You've been given it. Top it up. We are not topping it up. It's a spiritual weapon. Ephesians chapter 6. The armor of God is one of them. It's breastplate, blah, 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 blah. And he said, with the gift of faith, you extinguish the flaming arrows. And it's against which people? We have four domains here you are fighting. The rulers, authorities, powers of darkness, those are principalities and powers, and the spiritual forces of the heavenly realm. It's also in Ephesians chapter 6. That's why you have been given the weapons. And the gift of faith is one, one of the weapons that you can use to to knock out everybody, whether the people are in politics or wherever, establish orders which suppresses and oppresses. If you're a child of God, you don't need to fear. 
because you have it. Faith and trials, trials make you bold. I have gone through a lot of trials. When I became a Christian at first, I failed my exams in the UK. You know, some of these accountancy exams, you can't fail. All right? 30% pass rate and you hear stories. So, whoa. Many people came here and couldn't do it. Look at what is happening. That time I was a new Christian. I was a bit disappointed. Because we're 12 and only one person passed in the class. I said, wow, this is what people were saying. And the word of God came to me and said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I took that word. And I walked down to the nearest stage and went and bought a complete suit and a briefcase, a Samsonite suitcase. That, that is what I'm coming to, to, to use in my office when I come back. Somebody who has failed an exam. <laughs> yes, I was sure the next sitting I was going to, and God guided me and I passed. It was still the 30% pass rate. Hallelujah. Yes, I walk in that. Why? I have gone even to do auto-suggestion in the occultic practice. How much more a father who owns the whole universe? The promise I said about me, and with hindsight, it is true. All my foolish plans, God put them aside and rule a royal carpet for me to walk on because I'm a, I'm a co-heir. I've gone to trials when I became new Christian. One day, I'm giving you a testimony. 1999, a dream of sitting by the telly, watching telly. In a dream, the telly exploded into my face. And in reality, I opened my eyes and I was blind. I couldn't see anything anymore in my bedroom. That was done. I got up, sat at my bedside. I prayed. It wore off and it went off and gave me a strong headache like migraine. Two years later, we have been screened in our company. And the ophthalmologist said, I see something strange. There's a scar, a part of your eye. You should not be seen, but you can see. And I told him that the God I serve, he opens the eye of the blind. He opens the eye of the blind. So God opened my eyes. This is what happened. And because that happened, he has a track record. My son's friend was also struck by the same spiritual attack, and he went blind. We went prayed. By the time we got to Kolebu, the eyes had opened in the name of Jesus. Because God has got a track record. He will perform. That is what he says. He's faithful when we are faithless. Yes. Because me, he's got track record. So I believe that he will do things. So build your, your faith because he's faithful and he has got a track record. In business, you say high performing track record, isn't it? He never fails. He will never, never fail you. God will never fail. He can't fail. If you put your trust, the only thing is to believe. He said, what is impossible to man is possible to God, isn't it? It's the word of God. How do we think about it? We have to think about it this way. Because 
He has promised. He will not fail. And his promises are in there. In the Bible. And you say faith and works. Just show me your faith. I'll show you my deeds. We talk about it. It's not academic, okay? Everything in the Bible. You see, Christianity is a supernatural thing. To me, it's supernatural. It's not a social activity, although there are social dimensions here. It's supernatural. If it's social, I wouldn't come into it because I believe in supernatural. That's why I went to the other side. I saw a whole lot about the other side. And they bring power from the forces of darkness. And then you leave the power and go to them to seek help. It doesn't make sense to me. Whereas you have direct telephone number of Jesus and the heavenly realm. Jeremiah 33, is it 3? So call on me. And in some cases, I saw in the Bible that even before you call, he's ready and has provided answers. Where are the answers? They are in the Bible. He's already provided the answers in the Bible. <laughs> the answers are in the Bible. And because there are promises, I have gone through trials. When I lost my first wife, a couple of people came to pray with me. And I had a Bible and I had a Methodist hymn because God spoke to me. I'm not a special person. This was a tragic thing. But the word of God happens in affliction. When you have affliction, every situation that you have encountered is in the Bible. It said, nothing can separate us from the love of God. I think you know that. And the first thing he talks about is death. It shouldn't separate you from the love of God. It's painful. Love somebody, 30 years, the person is gone. But the Lord's word must get into you immediately and it will give you the solace. He will provide a healing balm. That is faith. You continue to trust in him, although you don't understand what he's done. How do you bolster your faith? Fellowship. Do you have fellowship with him? Very important. Your personal quiet time. Do you spend time with him? 15 minutes, one hour? Do you listen to God? There's too much noise around. Blah, 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 blah. Matokaba, matokaba, all those things, you know. But do you stay cool? He said, don't. No, your words should be few. Matthew and then Christianity. Say your words should be few. And you talk a lot. Do you hear from God? What he's saying about your plans? Your works, do you give it to God because they are secular? You think God is, God is interested in everything, mundane or not? Give your work, your project. He's in there. Put him in. Before in the middle and, and you see results. Your fellowship, do you share burdens? Do you have a prayer partner? Do you encourage each other in prayer? Do you learn the word of God together to encourage each other? When the forces of evil come against any of them, do you stand in praise and then stand by the person? Or do you give in and compromise the truth? When you have the power to overcome those authorities. I've been in a corporate world. They came against me. But I pick. I used to fight because I read a whole book on confrontation as a student of psychology. 
But when I came to Christ, God said, you are not going to use that weapon again. Use the weapon of warfare is the word. When they came against me, I used the word of God. And God fought on my behalf on many occasions. These are testimonies to embolden each other. Revelations 12, 11 said, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, Christ. You talk about Christ, only Christ, isn't it, the other time? And by reasons of the word of the testimony. Your testimony alone could do something. Someone gave a testimony of a healing of a heart, a, a, a heart problem in my office whilst a girl was there to have a pacemaker. We prayed, the girl fell under the power of the Holy Ghost, was panting, and got up and went for a test at Akai House, went to Kolebukadio. Two weeks later, they said, well, maybe the diagnosis was wrong. She was healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. And in Jesus' name, we didn't know that was going to happen. But somebody just gave a testimony of something similar happening. We were three, and nothing happened. So, testimony. Christian, where do you put your power of praise? That's weapon. That caused uh, the, the walls of Jericho to crumble. Where do you put it? When you enter, that's a way to sing praise. When I was uh, having that affliction, there was this one gospel television thing. I had a Bible. I had a Methodist hymn. There was one gospel television thing over, and I was listening to this South African channel. There was always a power of praise, although I've lost a spouse. That strengthened me. And one pastor came here and prayed a prayer. He's a modest man. I don't want to mention his name. He said, God, give Edwin to show leadership. That was a prayer. And that pastor here today, Pastor Jeff, came and prayed that prayer. And it strengthened me. People prayed. Christians prayed. But when they were coming to my house, you know what they were doing? They were tiptoeing like this. To see what condition I'm in. Or no. When they come, they saw me smiling and talking normally. Christian afraid. <laughs> no, it's not part of the vocabulary. Walking in the spirit, you are walking in the supernatural. Let the spirit and soul. We have a first Thessalonians 5. 23 said you have make this blameless soul, body, and spirit. What we saw was that we do mind-body coordination in the oriental religious practices. So when your body rules over your soul and your spirit, you are weak. Let the spirit be filled with the Holy Spirit and your soul and fill your soul with the word of God. You overcome the body, those carnal desires. That is what we did over there and they are always meditating, using mantras, getting out, and their whole nervous system is in sync. All right? But the Word of God is more powerful than those things, and it's more permanent. Those things are just temporary. So in Colossians, he said, grow in faith. He said, let your roots grow down into him and draw nourishment from him. So you will grow in faith. Colossians 2, 7. Go deep. What soil are you? The four soils we talk about. We hear about the four soils. What is that one? The tones that fell by the oil? The one that went in and took root? What is? Where are you? 
nourished by the word of God is more powerful than any other things. So in conclusion, what I would say, you are a bank of faith. A bank. God has deposited faith in you. That measure. So what should you do? Grow it, isn't it? Just here, Leo, that has given you the first, uh, you know, after your national service, giving you your first deposit. Investment. You have to top up, isn't it? Top it up. Grow with the word of God. Activate your faith constantly. And use prayer and the power of praise. And then, finally, have a, gra a heart of gratitude for what God has done. However little it is. And I close again with the Methodist hymn. He said, will your anchor hold in the storms of life? That's the first line, first verse, second verse. Will your anchor hold in the streets of fear? And will your anchor hold in the floods of death? Three things. People sing it. The lyrics are powerful. The songs that were taught is a Christian songs. What happened? They were sunk when people were in dire streets. They were not rehearsed and sunk. Those hymns people are putting, Methodist hymn, ancient and modern. They were in serious situations, but they lifted God up. So, my dear, where are you at this? Lift God up. Because that is the greatest power. Lift Jesus up. Jesus can and Jesus will. I thank you. We hope this sermon blessed you. If it did, will you consider sharing it with a friend? And if you're in Accra looking for a spirit-filled community to worship with, why don't you join us at Mikado Plaza, Aboni Junction, Accra, on Sundays from 9 to 10.30 a.m. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Accra Church and visit our website, accrachurch.org, for more sermons. God bless you.